Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and today I'm joined by Clint Hosman. Hey, Clint, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks. All right. For those of you who don't know Clint, which is, uh, well, pretty much everybody in the world knows Clint, but he's like the (laughs) A-team. If you can find him, he can help you kind of guy. Uh, Clinton is a longtime athlete, longtime worker outer guy, longtime competitive athlete uh, in the world of mountain biking. And now he has kind of uh, maintained the working out, but now has focused his uh, brain energy on helping gyms, chiropractors, physical therapists, and other service providers uh, on the, I want to say marketing, but I'm trying to avoid that statement, uh, on the idea of treating your customers the best way possible. Is that a good way of saying that, Clinton? Yeah, it's treating your customers and your staff the best way possible to get the most out of them. Nice. So, Clint, can you give everybody an idea where where you're at right now, where you're calling in from, uh, and what your what your company's name is, and all that, so they can get a hold of you because they think what a great guy Clint is. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, the company name is Longship Systems, and I'm based out of Mesa, Arizona. Uh, so, ironically, where there are no short ships, medium ships, or no, not a one, not a one. And uh, so, you had asked me via email about my logo. It's a, it's a not a deer it's an elk and uh it the concept is that it's a the long ship is people in a boat with a common objective it's a long ship we're all going there together by our own choice and so pulling along as we work and so that's where the long ship thing kind of an homage to more my norwegian heritage as well there so and where does the elk yeah, well the elk his his name is actually Gerald. I don't know if this is a, a bad thing for your. Uh, yeah, we we have a. I am a. I don't know how off the reservation you want me to get here. Um, I provide all of the red meat for our family through hunting. Now, before anybody goes hunting, ah, I don't buy red meat mostly because I kind of don't like the farming aspect of it. I got no problem removing the farm out of the equation because I like eating meat, and so. When we have have kids, I have eight, five, and three. And instead of saying, are we having elk for dinner? It's, are we having Gerald? And so the kids take (laughs) turns naming the animals. Uh, We don't hide death in the Hoffman household. And uh, we're pretty upfront and honest with where our food comes from. So Gerald, yeah, Gerald was uh, an elk that I actually hunted. And we've, uh, if you notice on the logo, if you're paying any amount of attention in detail, his antlers are busted up. And so Gerald was actually a really old animal. He was probably 10 to 15 years old. And the, the idea there of him being the mascot was that he was battle tested. He was hardened. And uh, I've been implementing systems and process with everybody and anybody for the last decade. And so uh-huh. it's, yeah, he's uh, ready to go to work. So uh, yeah, does that, answer, does that answer the question? Are you a bow hunter or rifle? What do you use? Uh, rifle because I like to eat uh, bow yeah. when the state of Arizona says I can't go hunting. So okay. they will give you an over-the-counter tag, but yeah. preferably a rifle. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've yeah. hunted in Montana quite a bit, so uh, I'm a, uh, a, and I would eat more meat if I... If it wasn't so expensive, get out-of-state tags. But here in Nevada, tags are questionable, so you're not always guaranteed. Yeah. But, Anyways, Las yep. Vegas uh, doesn't exactly have a large deer population, but we'll move on. We'll no. move on to other subjects. Yeah. So, Clint, you've been working in the in the kind of service industry space for quite a while, and you handle the back end of a lot of people's marketing and what we call the client journey, right? Which is a fancy way yeah. of saying, hey, uh, you should treat people great on the front end. And then it turns out you shouldn't just forget about them when they become a customer, but in fact, you should treat them well once they become a customer. And then if at some point they leave, you should probably treat them pretty good and keep in touch with them even when they leave. Uh, do I have that yeah. pretty much down? 
Yeah, yeah. And, and again, going back to the idea that in addition to our customers, our staff, right? Like, and so it's it ultimately a huge generalization. So forgive me, everybody, because you'll be able to punch holes in this, I'm sure. Uh, there's two types of businesses. There's businesses where I have to talk to you to give you money. This would be our chiropractors, our gym owners, et cetera, our attorneys. Uh, and then there's businesses where I don't have to talk to you. You're, you have an online shop. Now, obviously, there's some mix there. You may be a chiropractor that has uh, supplements that are shipped. Cool. Hybrid, right? But if you are in the space where you have employees, they are an integral part of your client's experience. Yeah. And so... Am I making, am I spelling out my expectations as a uh, office owner to my staff, right? And as we get into this, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into the details, but people have, if I have to consult with somebody before they can give me money, they're going to have a lot of questions, a lot of fears, right? If we're talking strictly chiropractic, people may have a lot of head trash. And so the objective of that client experience initially is to remove as much head trash as I can. Now, we're going to create that process for them. But at the same time, part of that process is our staff. And what experience am I making, uh, making resources for my staff readily available? Right. And then going back to the idea of cycling, a lot of it, this is why I love working with chiropractors and fitness professionals is we can use a lot of fitness analogies, but in a race, the later end of my cycling career, if you want to call it that, I was doing what are called marathon events. So single track mountain bike racing, uh, upwards of 50 to a hundred miles in a day. Right. And in that kind of setting, you have to be very, very aware of the calories that you're using. Hmm. And any wasted calorie becomes wasted energy, right? So the key components of my body on a bike that need to keep moving are my legs, right? Hips down. And you'll see people when they stand up and they like a little kid riding a bike, when they really want to go fast, what do they do? They stand up and start pumping those legs. Right. Right. And they start pumping the legs and then they start rocking their shoulders, arms back and forth, back and forth. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as they do that, they're wasting calories. So if we take that analogy over into the office and I want to create a client experience and I don't consider the staff, am I making expectations, content readily available or does my staff have to hunt and waste calories to find the resources that they need? And so as we take in that, what is my client experience? So much of a chiropractor or a gym owner's client experience is based off of the staff. I don't know if that jives with what you're, where you're going, but that's where oh, yeah. I like to start as well. I mean, because the two biggest expenses in in either one of those businesses, whether it's a gym or a chiropractic office, is uh, labor and then space, you know? And so what you're saying essentially by just a a calculation here is you're you're helping people increase their top line revenue without increasing their labor, right? Because you're just not, you're going to eliminate all the wasted labor of getting a hold of people. Yeah, making that that labor more efficient or as efficient as possible. Perfect. Right? I love because, it. Yeah. Yeah. So can we can we give some people? I know strategically uh, that's what you do. Can you give some people? Uh, because we get a lot of we get a lot of experts here, but I, I want to kind of set you up as a. Um, to show people how uh, skilled you are, you know, can you give mm-hmm. some, some tactics of what you see works well if I'm somebody looking to expand my gym or clinic? And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but um, some tactics to 
not waste a bunch of money on marketing. And I say that because if you have, if you're marketing and spending, you know, thousands of dollars a month, but you have crappy follow-up systems, it truly is a waste of money. If you've got great systems to capture those people, it's, it's the best money you could invest, right? Sure. So could you give some so, tips as to what, what allows people to have a great system? Yeah. Uh, what allows people to have a great system is going to be clarity on the front end, right? Uh, like making sure that everybody is reading off of the same sheet of music, right? Number one. Number two, making sure that that sheet of music is readily available. But if we're saying, hey, look, you've got captive clients, you've got people coming in, and I'm looking to expand what I see a lot of times entrepreneurs, and this isn't only just in the fitness chiropractic space, it's ubiquitous where they feel a pressure like, oh, I'm only offering chiropractic. Okay? Uh, I need to create something else. Oftentimes, the lowest lying fruit is leveraging connected but non-competitive resources for affiliate relationships. So this might so, be like a running shoe store or a, maybe, uh, yes. a massage, massage envy or something like that where we, have, we feed the same clients, but we're not truly competing with each other. Yeah, yeah. And then making sure that we have really clear affiliate expectations set up, right? So if I'm, um, as people, if I'm in weight loss, I know that people are going to need um, maybe life coaching or counseling because they're changing their life. So I'm going to make, hey, you've lost 50 pounds. Have you begun to encounter XYZ? You should go and talk to Dr. So-and-so. Or in chiropractic, as people begin to feel better, they're going to look for an expression, physical expression of that newfound feeling of wellness. Could you be connecting them to personal trainers? Could you be connecting them to running coaches? Could you be connecting them to nutritional supplements? So you're not necessarily on the hook to create new products. You're more connecting people to resources that are connected to this new lifestyle that you expose them to. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so now you're able to just be long-term. If I'm saying, hey, I'm going to create a long-lasting brand, you become a connector versus just a product salesperson. Right. So, so I'll tell you a little story of our, our history. You know, we had a, a, a large facility and it had a... Uh, if we cleared all the equipment out and kind of stuffed it in the offices, we could make a pretty damn good classroom out of it about a uh -huh. 2000 square foot classroom. So we'd host these seminars and we were working a lot in the, in the world of golf and a little, I don't know if you want to call it a trick, but to connect people, we would invite a bunch of golf pros and then we'd host a seminar all about uh, the fitness side of the world of golf and say, Hey, if you want to hit the ball further, uh, do these exercises, these stretches. And then we'd say, and by the way, if you're not getting the club on the ball and that's your problem, Let's let us introduce you to these great golf pros in the back, and they gave up an hour of their time to be there. They'd have formed great relationships, but when it came to anybody getting hurt or needing a gym, where do you think they sent everybody? Because we had included them. You know, we had done a good job of providing value and providing a stage, and we talked about them like they're the best in the world because in our world they were the best. Right. Well, and it's a lot of times people will um, you get super protective of what you think are your leads or your whatever, right? And for whatever reason, people get scared of making outside connections because you, it's that age-old mammalian, if I lose something, then this pack member gains something. Uh, and you go into a long discussion about the psychology of that sort of thinking, but it's essentially uh, there's a finite number of pieces of the pie or there is no pie and we can all profit. And I tend to be on the side of there is no pie. We can all profit. And if you start making those connections and stop being afraid of connecting people and think, well, they only have a little bit of money, so they need to spend it with me. They can't spend it with Jim down the street. They need to spend it with me. Then you're going to get the same result. 
Right. And then in your right. mind that there should be no need for a shopping mall because the shopping mall's premise is when Clint goes in to buy the super soft ultra uh, bath and body works lotion that keeps his silky skin so smooth. Love it. Yeah. There'd be no reason for, because he spent that money, there'd be no reason for him to go uh, to another store to spend money. But what every good marketer and yeah. shopping malls understand is when you spend that money at bath and body works, you're now more likely to purchase something else from somebody else, right? Yeah, yeah. Not your. Why would you leave the? Yeah, why would you leave the mall with only one bag when you leave, could leave with ten? Right. right. If you're if you don't need a pallet jack to go out to the uh, to your car, then they're they're not happy, you know. Right, and neither am I or my wife. So right. it's, uh, but it's also here's another thing that it'll benefit you from is not only are you creating connections, which. If I'm building a long-lasting business, if we get into the concept of uh, long-term nurture or long-term recoup on revenue, like I've been going to the same chiropractor, Josh, since I was 15. I'm, I'll be 40 in July. I go there because I'm insanely loyal. It's like a 30-minute drive back out to the town I, I was raised in. But I go there because I love her, and she knows how to crack my back the best. Um, in that world, she is not, she's old school chiropractic. She does one thing and one thing only. But what this is going to do is most of people like her, one area that they struggle with is content creation. <laughs> like, what do I say to people to keep them engaged? Well, if you create the right affiliated partnerships, you don't have to say anything. Right. You let the affiliate do the talking for you. And in fact, that's, if you do a video about you, uh, I don't know what the response rate is, but if somebody else does a video about you, it's like 10 times as responsive, right? Yeah. Well, it's it, it just, it's putting it out there in such a way that, you know, these get, it's just going to get you to where you're going faster. So like, if we go back to uh, our, friend Greg Jenkins. Uh, that guy is a content machine, <laughs> right? He will crank out content like nobody I've ever seen. Um, that's not me. I, I don't. <laughs> like it, It's not me. Come to think uh, of it, I know, haven't seen you up there as much. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm, right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm all right with that. It, it's, I'm not going to waste my time trying to become Greg Jenkins. I will connect people who need online infusion soft training. Uh, hey, go and connect with this guy. He knows what he's talking about and he's great at what he does. Mm -hmm. Right. And so having those interconnected, it's going to just make you more valuable longer term. Right. I don't know if, if that helps or if that's hitting where you're, where you're going or. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, along with those lines, so so we get some affiliate relationships, if you will, and and I hate using these terms that get kind of washed out. Uh, you know, they you do. the Princess Bride. I don't think that means what you yeah. think it means. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's the greatest line yeah. of marketing. But uh, we we hear them all, all the time in uh, in training as well. Like, oh, functional fitness, and it's like, well, is it functional? Is it something else? So, anyways, so yes. Yeah, we, uh, and, these and, terms get washed out, but affiliate relationships, people who like us, we build relationships with them. Uh, I know we talked a little about this before we got on, but, uh, before we hit record, can you talk a little bit about what you've learned about a sales process? Cause I have my own strong feelings about a sales process, but everybody thinks you should do marketing. Oh, marketing, marketing, marketing. And you know, I put our business on the ropes by doing too much marketing and feeding it into a crappy non-existent sales system. So we'd spend all this money. And then we weren't able to recoup it. And luckily we recovered from it, but man, did it suck for a second. Well, and so to the point of clarity, uh, there's when I'm working with a client, I'll start uh, with letting them know like, Hey, look, I'm going to ask you a bunch of really dumb sounding questions. And you're going to think, does this guy even know what he's talking about? So in that spirit, let's talk about what is marketing and what is sales. And I'm open to any interpretation of it, but deciding what is marketing and what is sales becomes step one in effective 
being effective at both. So in, in your world, what is marketing and what is sales? So to me, marketing is anytime you're running advertisements or uh, hosting an event or anything where you're attempting to get that person to come in for an initial evaluation in the, in the chiropractic side or get them into that first uh, experience in the gym. Maybe that's a, a sample workout or working with a one-on-one coach mm-hmm. or something like that. So okay. then, then the sales process would be taking from that and getting them to be a paying client. So in the clinic, that would mean signing up for, um, you know, maybe a care plan or signing up at least for their next couple of visits um, and, and, and mentally committing to that. In the gym, it would be signing up for a membership and, and of course paying yeah. for it. That's kind of an important part that sometimes gets overlooked. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially in caregiving, caregiving roles. Um, people just let them kind of let them slide. So mm-hmm. marketing, anything that I'm doing inside of marketing, I consider lead gathering or list building. Uh, marketing is trying to get leads. It's lowest common denominator. I'm trying to get eyes on some kind of offer, right? And you have top of the funnel, which is your ad, your landing page, et cetera. Where I specialize is bottom of the funnel. You got them on an ad. You got them on a landing page and they've taken the first step to at least give you a name and an email. Now, what is that call to action that has got them inspired to give you name and email? And to me, that's going to determine if they are a prospect or still a lead. So if they have opted in for Dr. Josh's three tips on cracking your back on your own, right? and the objective is to take that person from that level to the level that they say, Hey, I want to talk. Once they've raised their hand and said, I want to talk, I'm no longer marketing. I am in sales mode. Okay. Can you pause real quick, Clint? Can you explain the difference between a lead and a prospect to our people? Because I'm sure there are people in each of their offices or in their gym that are fulfilling that kind of, uh, segment, but we may not recognize it that easily, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, for me, Josh, I say, I don't really have a dog in the fight of what is a lead and what is a prospect. I'm open to interpretation. So generically, what I would call a lead is somebody that I have in my database, uh, whatever your database is, it could be an Excel sheet, could be an Infusionsoft application, could be mind body, whatever, who has not given me money or has stopped giving me money and they live there and I am marketing to my leads with the objective of getting them to become prospects. And the moment they cross over and become prospects is, and again, we can determine this individually. Everybody's going to have their own threshold, but generically it's they raise their hand and say, I want to talk. They could call in. They could schedule online. They could click on five different emails. And now due to my NASA rigged algorithm, that means they're ready. <laughs> right? okay. Whatever. Cool. But it, now they're a prospect. And once somebody is in a prospect phase, now they have entered my sales process. This is when you're at the bar with a girl and she starts like flipping your hair, her hair and reaches out and brushes your arm and, uh, and uh, yeah, it, laughs, I would even say that your horrible jokes, <laughs> even maybe even further where she says, Hey, here's my number. Call me. Okay. Well, right. I was trying now, to go for, you know, I was trying to not create a break in the, in the situation there, Clint, but you <laughs> well, operate and there could be a break. Yeah. You know, look, I want them. I do the takeaway. I get them really <laughs> excited and I take it away. Okay. Right. Uh, it works for me. Um, but, it's just kidding. I've been married for 16 years. Nothing works. 17,000 women have had, have taken up, taken Clint up on that, uh, takeaway offer. Uh, oh, Only yes, one yes, return, but, and, you know, <laughs> but it was and good. I'm good. Yeah, that's right. Uh, thankfully she makes beautiful babies and we get along. Yeah. Um, so it, but it's at that prospect and then you get into like, what are you doing for prospecting? Right. And like you've already identified, what is an affiliate relationship? Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my three-year-old Cyrus, uh, he 
has this thing that he says when he doesn't know that my wife and I have adopted into our own vernacular. And it's like, what is a prospect? What is affiliate? I me no, no, <laughs> me no, no. We'll figure it out. We have to be as a mm-hmm. team, be clear on what those thresholds are. Right. Okay. So prospecting is anything I'm doing to try and gain contact with interested parties. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit ClinicGymHybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's ClinicGymHybrid.com. We get these people to raise their hand. We get the chick at the bar to, you know, flip her hair and reach out and touch her arm, laugh at our bad jokes. And, you know, so I'm feeling pretty good. And now I want to move on and bring her back into my place. You know, I want to take her back to my place, aka the gym, and I want to close her on the deal. I want her to get her signed up for a membership, you know? So how does that transition work in a way you said honor, honor your employees, make it as easy as you can for them to succeed here. And so what are, you know, what tips do you have for us there? So when I'm mapping out a process or I'm creating the automation with a client of mine, okay, I'll say nine times out of 10 people fall for this. We'll say, okay, cool. You've got somebody who says they're interested. What's next? Hard close, baby. Hard close. You got to just. Yeah. They buy. They buy. No, no, no. And then the joke is I bet you're a really good time on a first date. Um, No. What are the small thresholds or milestones? And so I borrow a process from engineering called direct path. Are you familiar with direct path at all? I'm not. Okay. So direct path is what is the what are the highlights and i'm going to butcher this so any engineer are going to be like they're totally wrong uh so forgive me it's um they all speak in that imagine, voice by the way all, all engineers they do, in w- while pushing their glasses up um <laughs> so direct path imagine that you're we're going to shift analogies here for a second from dating to now you're a steel factory okay and at one end of the steel factory comes raw ingots of steel and my objective is to take those ingots of steel and turn them into rebar direct path would go to the process of what are the milestones in transforming that ingot into rebar and then what are the required steps to progress that steel from stage to stage okay so we apply that analogy over into a chiropractic office. You have somebody who's shown interest. Okay. Uh, what is the, the objective is they buy. That's the end goal. Between interest and buy, there are a lot of stages. So for example... Or there could be, we got to get them to show up to the office, right? Like if they don't walk in, we can't do anything for them, right? Well, let me back it up one more step. Okay. Maybe I have to get contact. Oh, true. I have to call them. Yeah. Right. So interested needs contact, right? And so is that a call process? So you're, are you familiar with uh, NPE, net profit explosion? Uh, Only because I was a client of Sean Greeley's, yeah. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So NPE is a partner of mine, and so I help their fitness. So their gyms, their clients automate their business. And so NPE has a sales process called Auto Closer. They recommend eight call attempts. Okay, so you got a new lead, you got to close them, you got to get voice to voice, eight call attempts spaced out over like two and a half, three weeks, something like that. So now I have a new lead. They need contact. After I've made contact, the objective now is schedule. Okay. Now this is really, 
that ATC or attempt to contact, that's where I'm putting a list in front of my people, my staff. I'm giving them a script maybe to work off of as they call and make contact or leave voicemails. I'm giving everything they need to be successful. Put them a list, give them what to say, ready, set, go. Now, once they do get a hold of them and they schedule, and this is where the biggest I biggest area of opportunity comes in in a chiropractic or a fitness setting is making sure that they show up to the consult with the correct expectations. <laughs> this is the girl right, at the bar thinking that when you asked her, hey, do you want to go out to eat, that she was literally going to be going for a caloric consumption. Right. <laughs> right. And so for us, we go back to the People got a lot of head trash when it comes to chiropractic. I think it's getting less, Mm -hmm. but what are you going to do? Are you going to put that little vibrating massager thing on them? Are you going to hook them up to a spin machine? Are you going to like do a drop table? Are you going to use that little like thumpy thing? Like, are you going to do x-rays? Like, yeah, this is a strange world. Are we going to get on the ground and do rehab? Like, can I be wearing blue jeans? Right. Right. You know, whether somebody says it, or not, they have expectations. They've already backfilled their brain with what this is going to be like. And if I am setting up proper expectations and then fulfilling on it, then I'm ahead. So I'm going to take this opportunity once they've booked. And let's say that on the call script, okay, this is what I want you to say when they schedule. Okay, great. We have you down for Thursday at 4 p.m. Here's our address. Now, when you come in, uh, wear comfortable clothing. You may be moving around, you know, for some assessments. So something that you're comfortable moving in. Don't worry about bringing water. We'll provide some water for you. Blah, blah, blah. You say the expectation. Then you repeat the expectation in the confirmation follow-up. And then once you've set the expectation, you got to make sure they show up. Yeah. Are they are are your staff calling to confirm appointments? Are do you have sending a, out? Do they have a? Tests? I'll tell you. A, I'll tell you one that uh, two stories. Number one, we had one that was like a freaking uh, Google Maps had our pin location wrong, and oh, it actually showed us on God. the other side of the street. So it was important that we send out a link to the map, just a Google Maps link on a text and said, hey, go to this. This is our location, actually. And we'd say, Google Maps has it wrong because we get calls all the time on the first visit. It would kill me. Hey, I, I'm, uh, a, I'm here and I don't see you, blah, blah, blah. Or the, the you know, doors are all locked. And I'm like, what are you in front of? And it's like, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like they would describe it. I'm like, that's across the street. What are you doing? Well, it turns out that Google Maps had the wrong location. So that was one step to say like, hey, we, here's how to find us. And, and we were not in an easy to find location. So we describe it. And then we'd send, we buffered that with sending a video of here's what walking up will look like, you know, trying to guide them on every step of the way. And I don't know how much that did for us, but I know it did a lot, you know? Well, the more that you can remove the unknown, right? Like just remove the unknown, whatever it is. And there, there's a, there's an evil opposite to this, which is, overshare. You're giving them too much information. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, it's like, uh, I, I'm hoping fingers crossed. You've watched star Wars, right? Yeah. Come on. I'm not one of these. <laughs> no, I'm not one of these. All right. Well, I'm not one of these uh, crazy, you know, a-holes. It's like, Oh, I don't, I've never seen it. It's like, you, you've attempted right. to not see yeah, it, like, right? Like, guys, like, get out of here with that crazy talk. Nobody thinks you're cool here for saying that, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So, Star Wars. Um, how de- On a scale of one to completely nerd out, <laughs> are you? One to ten. Where are you at? Oh, I don't know. Four or five, although I'm sure that the tens would say I'm a, I'm a one. Okay. Like, I don't so, know who Boba Fett's uh, father was or anything like that. It's Django Fett. <laughs> all right so, i'm sorry to offend you, your family yeah generations fine, of your family fine. yes so uh you go back to episode one back in the 70s um you have obi-wan kenobi who is the perfect guide 
like Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, for the nerds listening, he is the Jedi badass, right? He's the only Jedi in like a thousand years who's defeated a Sith Lord and he's done it multiple times. Like he, he took out, you know, Darth Vader, like he's done all of this stuff, but he's got one mission and his one mission is to watch over and protect Luke Skywalker until the time is right. So when uh, Obi-Wan and Luke meet up for the first time, Obi-Wan has, let's just say, 70 years experience in this Jedi thing. But he's very judicious in the information that he gives Luke. Because though Obi-Wan knows all of this stuff, he also knows that job number one is he's got to get Luke's candy ass off of Tatooine. (laughs) And if he scares Luke with stories of Sith Lords and lightsabers, he knows he's never going to get him off the, off the gun. So he's judicious in the information and the experiences that he shares. Okay. So as a chiropractor, somebody has scheduled a consult. I want to give them enough information that they will make an informed decision to progress them to the next stage. Because I recognize that if I overshare, it's going to put it's going to terrify them. So if I may, and you warned me against this, but I'm going to digress. Campaign tags and fusion socks. I've, I've built funnels and processes for everybody from Damon Johns with shark tank shark group to Dave Ramsey, entree leadership, small business boutique, all the way down to individual gym owners. It doesn't matter who I have worked with. Some of the smartest people in the world, they're infinitely smarter than me. But if I show them the inner workings of an Infusionsoft campaign, they lose their GD mind and they won't launch it because they don't understand it. Now, they'll say they understand it. They'll say they get it. But there's fear there. And where there's fear or unmet expectations, there's a failure to launch. So you have to be, as you're getting them primed for the consult, you have to give them just enough info to make the right decision. And the right decision may be that they leave. That may be the right decision for both of you. Yeah, but, I think, uh, oh, go ahead, finish your thought. And I no, no, share that's, a story that's, that's, that I, it's just, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think the perfect example of this, when you're saying this, I'm going, oh my God, this, they did this. I don't know if you've ever taken your family to Disneyland. Oh yeah. Okay. A lot. Yeah. If you schedule with Disney vacations, so you get your hotel and tickets and all this stuff through Disney vacations, uh, they will actually send you a DVD out and it's like, you wow. know, it's like a prep for your Disney vacation. And so what they do is they basically take walk you through all the things you can do inside of Disneyland. So it's like, Oh, you're walking down main street. Look at this store. Look at that store. You can buy, you know, you got a lot of options here. You can go everything from an ice cream cone to fine crystal, you know, Mickey ornaments, right? And then here's what's right. in uh, Tomorrowland. And then here's what's in Adventureland. And then here's our food selections at different places. And if you just want to relax, go to this place. Now, what they're saying is for every one of their demographics that they know show up, grandparents who will want to relax at some point after walking, you know, probably five times more than they normally walk in a day, here are some great places to relax. And then the high-end people that are like, hey, we want to memorialize this with a fine crystal Christmas ornament, maybe. They're telling them where to go there because Disneyland, much like a chiropractic office, doesn't make its money on that first purchase, meaning their ticket sales are not how they make their their money. You know, even though they do make some money there, they're charging a hundred bucks to Clint and his his, uh, wife or each of the the Hossmans that's coming in. They're not looking for a $500 sale from you, right? They're looking for a $2,500 sale from you. They're going to get it out in stuffed animals, clothing, Christmas ornaments, food, all the stuff that's kind of behind the wall. So if we look at your yeah. chiropractic office, you know, you, you're getting people there, but really the magic happens once they come there and fall in love with you. And what Disney realized is, hey, if I prep you on what's inside, you're not going to spend your first visit there discovering everything, mapping it out, right? I'm going to tell you everything that exists. 
and you go, oh, well, I really want to make it all the way back to Toontown to see this, you know, this thing, this uh, attraction that otherwise may go unnoticed. Right. Well, and so if I backed it out even further and I said like, and there are much smarter people than me that would tell you more effective information than what I'm about to share. It's the, I was working with a Catholic uh, all girls school here in Phoenix and I'm working with the dad's club. So it's a really exclusive school, fairly high priced, or really high priced. Uh, and you, you have to have some cheese to go there. And these, this dad's club, they're trying to get more fathers engaged in the, in the school, in their daughter's education. Now they go through the initial numbers with me and I'm like, Holy cow. Like their engagement from a purely marketing standpoint is out of this world. They're, they're killing it. Um, but it becomes a very, uh, there's a lot of resources at our disposal in this environment because we're talking about new dads coming in and they're trying to sign them up. And they're like, well, you know, what I would like to do is have the dads and talk about the networking experiences and go, cause that's really beneficial. And I'm like, no, 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 no. What you need to be doing is you need to have the daughters talking about the experiences that have been created because my daughters will open my pockets up way faster than some dude will. Oh yeah. And so, but the angle here is you're not talking, you get people talking about the experience. And so if I'm warming somebody up to open up their wallet for chiropractic, I'm not talking about my numerous qualifications. I'm showing and picturing a life that is pain-free. Because that's the image. People are seeing pictures in their head of the things that they could or should be doing. And so as you're prepping them, prep them for not what is going to happen, but what will happen as an outgrowth of this thing. In mountain biking, where people fall is when they're new to cycling is they're going to be looking right in front of them at the obstacle in front of them. And if you look at it, you're going to hit it. (laughs) So you teach, you train people to look beyond the mark to where you want to end up. I I went snowboarding for the first time and I hit three trees. Guess what I was looking at? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so if, if you're in this prep process, don't nobody gives a crap about your education. Nobody cares. They want to be able to see that you can provide the lifestyle that they aren't able to achieve in this level of pain. So for them, look beyond to where they need to be. Now that's, you know, that, that process becomes ingrained from our contacting, you know, what is the script? How are we teeing that up front staff, front office? How are we delivering that in reminders? And so get away from the technical execution of things and more into the experience creation that will lead them through to the next stage. By the way, for those of you listening, if you want to know if you're working with somebody good or not, if you hire a guy like Clint and they start talking about the technical piece, they're not, they're not getting it. What I have a feeling Clint would love is for a a sit over coffee with just a piece of paper and write down, how do I want my client experience to go? Like, for example, if in my, like, if I was, if, if you're a longtime gym member and you, you know, I want you to get a birthday card. I'm not talking about like some manufactured, printed, uh, automated send out card thing. I mean, a real birthday card. So that means that we need to have birthday cards at the front desk. And that means that we need to have a list that, you know, Infusionsoft or EMR or whatever produces every day saying, hey, here are your birthdays for the week. I want everybody on staff to sign it. So we want to have a procedure where everybody on staff signs birthday cards at lunch every day and we mail them out in the afternoon. And then if you're a really good client, you know, I want you to get a text message as well with maybe a picture of all of yeah. us around your name, you know? And then I want to say, hey, I want, I want them to get a water bottle, not on day one, because every gym does it on day one. I want to get them a water bottle three months in. Hey, you made three you know, you've been a member of ours for three months. We want to say thanks. And I want him to get a t-shirt before anybody else gets a t-shirt. And I want, you know, like, 
And if we write all that down on paper, then a guy like Clint goes and makes it happen, but doesn't care what technology it takes to do it. The conversation is not yeah. about technology, right? That it, it, where you, you're exactly right. Where you get bogged in, bogged down is in the technology. And it's, look, and there's a lot of this may like, there's a lot of smarter people in my space than me, like in fact, most of them. And they're going to have answers technologically to pull off everything that you want. Um, however, if we go back to the dating analogy, the scientists and the math nerds always get the girls. That has been proven time and time again. Okay, right? Yep. No? No, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at Bill <laughs> Gates. So Bill Gates yeah. doesn't have looks. Oh, he doesn't know how to dress well. He, uh, he's got money, but Jesus, you wouldn't know looking at him. And uh, Melinda Gates is not a bad looking gal. Now that we start putting this stuff together, it's like, yeah, you, you don't necessarily want to take, yes, you want the technical person to be able to deliver the technology. The engineers known for the prowess in uh, getting the ladies, or and that's me being sarcastic. They're not because it's not a lot of fun to listen to. Bless their hearts. And so, when you're talking about experience and what kind of experience am I creating, you just have to be careful who it is that you're listening to, right? And is the technology is a component, undoubtedly. You can't take that away, right? But the technology is a secondary, perhaps even tertiary goal when it comes to architecting the experience. Cool. So we want to use these tools, but not at the expense of being human beings. Right. And I think a great tip, and, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, but when you're constructing this customer experience, probably the best resource you can do is to talk to your staff. The further you are away from your front line, the worse your decision-making will be. Right. It's when I, yeah, when I've sat down with people and I'm creating a process, um, and I know that they have staff, I'm like, look, we're, we need to get the staff's input and everything on this because it, and I had a nickel for every time, the owner says, well, and then I do this and then my staff does this and the staff looks at him and goes, that's not what we do. <laughs> or we used to like, do what that. What do you mean? We ran out yeah, of that we uh, brochure uh, three yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. And so now it's like, what, what, what? Like, no, where'd that con- where'd it go? And so getting the staff, but then in addition to that, getting the staff's buy-in. It's interesting in sales where if I go back to my experience in sales versus fulfillment, like, so I did time in the trenches as a sales rep, um, doing cold calls, doing all that stuff. And I think everybody needs to have some level of sales experience. And then over at Infusionsoft, I worked there on the exact opposite side where I was fulfilling on all sales and sold. And a lot <laughs> which of people, is never, the, which is always a hundred percent of oh, what you could fulfill. Right. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's, everybody's like, Oh, the sales guys need to stop over promising. And the sales guys say the fulfillment people just need to deliver what, what we ask for. And they're both right. Right. But it's this making sure that the, the, the client, well, let me roll it back. The client has a completely different relationship with the person at the front desk than they do with you, the doctor. It is night and day different. Yep. People have a night and day different relationship between the salesperson and the guy fulfilling it. Now, a lot of people are going to say, hey, well, let's just work on eliminating that. I say, don't bother eliminating it. Well, to a degree, but just embrace it and try and angle for it. So listen to what your staff are saying. Appreciate that they probably have a different perspective than you. It's not invalid. It's just, it's just different. And And they know what the hell they're talking about. Like I I made the assumption of making, thinking that my staff was wrong. And it's like, nope, your data is more accurate than mine actually. 
Yeah. It, it, yeah. Chances are uh, they're going to be way more open with the person, with the gal behind the front desk than they are with you. It just, it, I, I look at like my, uh, again, I'm overly loyal. I've been going to the same dentist since I was a teenager as well. And the dental assistant, Marcy, I freaking love Marcy. She's been my dental assistant since I was 18. Now, I love my doctor. My doctor's a cool guy. But there's a little bit of a, there's a different relationship that I have between him, me, and Marcy. Now, it's not bad. Instead of trying to change the world as it is, just work within the confines that it's provided for you. Listen to what Marcy has to say. Yeah. This dude's your doctor, but Marcy's your girl, man. Marcy's my girl. Yeah. Right. And so I know way more personal information about Marcy than I do about my doctor. Not, you know, anything bad, but she's cool. Right. So listen to that input. Nice. Agreed. Wholehearted. We got to unfortunately wrap this up, Clint. It's been, it's been great having you. Um, If anybody wants to be, uh, get in contact with Longship System, Gerald the Elk, and or Clint Hossman, how do they do so? Uh, the easiest way is to just email me. It's Clint, C-L-I-N-T, at longshipsystems.com. Right, and you, you will help all them all put together a longship where everybody uh, has an oar in the water and they're all pulling the same direction, huh? The longest of ships, sir. <laughs> at least that's what the ladies say. Hell! All right. Well, uh, Clint, we thank you for this. And, uh, you know, for those of you listening, Clint's got tons. I mean, working with NPE, you've probably launched what hundreds of accounts in, in some marketing automation, maybe thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Awesome. Awesome. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to get a hold of him, of somebody that's already been there, done that and seen the struggles and will help you not make the same mistakes. Uh, I'd highly recommend going with Clint to help you out in that regard. And with that, absolutely, man. appreciate you. And with that, on behalf of Clint Hosman, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license. And with Clint's help, maybe live the life you dream of. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Clint. You bet. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.